0: Good morning, second service. Oh, I got one after this one. They're going to be wild with their music today. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I uh, do want to say welcome. I was just over in the uh, internet pastor's room, and I'll say hello to uh, our family in Scotland, Ruth, and we have people in Ohio, Sandy, uh, and around the world, actually, the uh, the groups that listen from... Indonesia, and India, and the Philippines, they listen later on in the week because they're 12 hours behind us. So they're not staying up to watch. But we wanna welcome all of them uh, to participate with us today. And so today, as you can see, we started the month. It's called Marks of the Church. So we're gonna get a little uh, historical. Um, there's a lot of people, when they fight, they get historical. Remember when you did this? And, you know, It's not hysterical, they get historical. Well, we're going to get historical because uh, a lot of times what people think they remember, they really got their information incorrectly. And when you do that, it can really mess up your theology, especially the history in the church. So we're going to take a look at what the world knows as the Apostles' Creed. Now, I grew up with the Apostles' Creed. Uh, Every Sunday, we said the Apostles' Creed, and it's unfortunate that a lot of of Protestant churches aren't doing it uh, anymore, but there is definitely a foundation and a a biblical foundation that keeps us safe. Now, it's called the Apostles' Creed because, one, it's not in, the creed itself is not in the Bible. The Apostles never said the creed. It's like, we're, we're the apostles, let's say the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed, the church doesn't see it till about the year 300. Now, it could have been earlier, but it was one of the first of the creeds. And the word creed means, I believe. So I know a creed is not a normal word, but it's just basically saying, this is what the apostles believed. And that's where it came from. The church had a, a need because there was... From the very beginning, I was uh, looking at a lot of fo- uh, Facebook posts and, you know, and then, uh, friends of mine from everywhere, and there's this one little something that someone wrote, and, it's, and, and here's one of the, the things that the Apostle Creed does. It keeps you grounded. The Apostle Creed is this boiled down, boiled down, boiled down, boiled down to like a, a simple phrase a a creed of what the apostles taught so if you want to know if you if you want to have good theology and you don't want to go to bible college learn about the apostle creed and what they were referring to when they said the apostles creed and the reason we had the apostles creed was because of this over romanticized you know, stretching far out to, to new horizons, and which the church has always done, and that's what we should do. You know, experience new things, but you need to know what the apostles taught, because what the, it, it, this is what are the essentials. Now, I'm not talking about You know, so the Methodists have deacons, and the Presbyterians have elders, and, you know, these people don't do this. We have dancers. We have live music. Some churches don't even believe in anything except a tambourine. Uh, Those are non-essentials, okay? Just non-essentials. What the Apostle Creed comes down to is the essentials, and it keeps you grounded so i'll go back to facebook so i'm reading this thing it's all this flowery you know i want to be this i want to be free in the lord i want to be do the blah 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 i want to you know all the nice christianese things and then it comes down and goes i want to be like the first church well i went ding i had a secretary when we first started the church and every time we every time i prayed with her she was crying out oh lord if we could be just as powerful as the first church and i'm thinking have you read your bible the first church was a mess. Paul and Barnabas on a missionary trip had a disagreement. They have a fight. They don't talk to each other for years. That, that doesn't happen today, does it? You know. And then Mark is the a young man. He's off with Paul. Paul goes, "You're not worthy to carry the weight of the gospel." <laughs> He leaves the mission field, and it's not for years till Peter restores him. If you ever read Revelations and it talks about the seven churches, only one of them got a check. Uh, the others had a red mark on them. It's like, what church are they talking about? In Ephesus, when Paul was going through Ephesus before he's gonna go to Rome, the pastor's daughters prophesied that says, if, you, if you go in, you're going to go in like this. You're going to come out and change. And he goes, thank you very much. And so he goes, I'm going to Rome. And they go, wait a minute. So they prophesied, split the church. They said, you're not to go. He said, no. The prophecy said, I'll go in a free man. I'll come out and change. Didn't say not to go. What? You're not interpreting your... It's like, I don't want to be that. I want to, I want to learn from all those and stand upon what got them through. So the church came up because of all the people who were stretching out here and they'd go too far, too far this way, too far that way. Do you ever see the Mitsubishi commercial where the guy's going through the desert and <clears throat> in his Mitsubishi four-wheeled Jeep and he goes, he hears his voice, go further so he's going through the jungle and he said go further he's going up these mountains and over this cliff go further then he's got his jeep up on a a raft a log raft and he's pulling down the river and he hears a waterfall and he hears too far (laughs) (laughs) well you see that's what the Apostles' Creed does for us you know what we want you to go further go further. But then there's something and you need to be able to hear, too far. And that's what the Apostle Creed does for us. The Apostle Creed is not the Word of God. It points to the Word of God. It, it says there's no power, there's no heat in the Apostle's Creed. It points to the power and the heat. Who enjoys the moon, full moon, full moon? I mean, you fall in love Whoever you're sitting next to, you know, just be sure you're sitting next to the right person when there's a full moon. They look better in a full moon. They sound better. You want to snuggle in a full moon. But the moon does not have any light on its own. It's reflecting the light of the sun. And that's what the Apostle's Creed is. The Apostle's Creed is not an incantation. You know, it's like, I believe in God the Father, Maker of heaven, and earth. that doesn't make you a Christian. We don't believe that. All right, it doesn't help you to look better. It doesn't. You're not going to win the lottery. If, if we, before I play my numbers, I believe in God the Father, Maker. It doesn't. No. Okay. You got that right. There's A lot of people would like. Oh, I can say that. I'm going. No. It just doesn't work that way. There are some things that the Apostle Creed does do, and that's what we want to look at, because. If we're tethered to that, you can stretch spiritually. You can try things that just as long as the essentials are present. And that's what we have in the Apostles' Creed. Let's take a look at it. The four things the Creed brings, I believe, the four things the the things that I believe brings to mind is symmetry. Okay, symmetry Clarity, community, and counsel. Crystal told me, he says, you have so much. You went so fast today. I'm going to go so fast again. Okay? So, because we're, I, I, we, we have a reference that you, the, those who are in small group can reference to, uh, to study this further. And I'm doing this this week and next. I should have 12 weeks to do it. I have two. Thank you very much. That took too long right there. Okay, it is not the Bible. It reflects, as we talked about, it has been used to correct error. Because there was just tons of error in the first century church and then after. It shapes God's people and it's not in incant- uh, incantation. All right, here's what it says. Now let me read it to you. If you know it, you can word, uh, mouth it along. But I really, if you don't know it by heart, really look at the words so you, you know what I'm referencing to as I teach. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And can I stop right there? Do you know when the United States was being, <clears throat> trying to break away from England, uh, our forefathers sent a letter to King George. And it was based of this truth. King George, King George is considered, he's the king and he's sovereign. Well, what they wrote back to him It said, we recognize, the people uh, of America recognize, there is only one sovereign, God himself, and one King, Jesus Christ. Pretty powerful, isn't it? And that's that's our foundation. And it's from the truth that we find in uh, the creed also. Who was conceived by the holy spirit born of the virgin mary suffered under pontius pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended into hell the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand god the father almighty then thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead some say the quick and the dead i believe in the holy ghost the holy catholic church we're catholic no, that means universal church, okay? it was Do you see why the Catholics like to read this? <laughs> they think that's their name. No, Catholic means universal. The forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting, and depending which flavor you come from, it's either amen or amen, okay? So, like I said, that's 12 weeks because... That is the boiled down, boiled down, boiled down, boiled down, boiled down teaching of the apostles who was given the responsibility to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to start the church. So it says so much more than we can really appreciate in the next two weeks. So let's start with Romans chapter 10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved. Verse 10 is crucial. That was a statement. That's just a big picture. But verse 10 tells us the order that this takes place in. It says for it is with your heart that you believe. It's with your heart that you believe. It doesn't say it's you know, for it is what you understand or what you know. There's too many, there, there's so many people who because they say, I know Jesus, I know about Jesus, I know this, I know that, somehow they're a Christian. Uh, this is a, how many know that the speed limit on I-4 is 65? <laughs> and because you know it, you do it? No. Because you know it gives you an option. Should I do it? Looks good to me. <laughs> Cars are going faster than me. I'll just speed up. And that's, what, that, 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 that's the problem with people that I know Jesus. I, I don't. <laughs> the devil knows Jesus. That's why the creed starts off, I believe. Beyond what I see, beyond what I think, beyond what I feel, I just know in my heart, not my mind. And he goes on, I believe in Jesus, the only Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Knowing is a sign of this age. Knowing is a sign of pragmatism, which we're going to get into. So it says, and here's the order, if you believe with your heart, you, uh, you are going to be justified. And it is with the mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Basically, what I believe starts in my heart. I, I've, I hear people who are so, they so desire to get someone to, to become a Christian. They go, in, listen, do you know God? Do you know Jesus? Who doesn't? Really? Who doesn't? They say, then confess him with your mouth. Yeah, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he's Lord. You're a Christian now. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say no. He doesn't say confess it because, and you know it. It says what you believe in. It starts in your heart. And the, and the Bible tells us from the abundance of the, the mouth speaks. So where does it have to start? And so immediately we see, you know what? The creed has straightened us out on that. Says, so here's the apostles' creed. I believe. And I believe that these three are equal. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. I believe that the Son did these things. And I that He's coming back. And He's going to do this. And if I run into any other teaching that says that this isn't how it's going to happen, <laughs> I've got to. Hmm, I got to question that. Because I can't leave the foundation. It's the difference between something's called ortho, orthodoxy and heterodoxy. Orthodoxy is what is substantiated and has been found in the scriptures to be true. Heterodoxy is something that someone says, well, this is something new. And you're not going to see it in the scriptures. It's just what it is. It is what I see is what I figured out is what I experienced. That's heterodoxy. Orthodoxy is written, proven right there in God's word. And heterodoxy is becoming a thing That is accepted today And you know what? It's not just today It was in the first church So we're looking at the foundations of the church Um, And I'm zooming along Because I'm running out of time Well, let's start out Human, You see Just another, human beings aren't really a thinking group. Okay, yeah, I know you're you're a human being, but let me tell you, you know we you know what we really do. We follow not what we think, we follow what our passions are. You know, I know some things to be true, and I "Eh, yeah yeah it's true, but when I fell in love with something, it's like I'm gonna do it if it kills me. I you follow your heart, and that's what's so important here, that we need to have a heart experience with the Father. We gotta allow that, that's something that speaks, that, you know, sometimes when you, you see or hear something, it's not like, yeah, that makes sense to me, but I, I've, I've, and, and many of you have actually had something inside you witness to say, that is true. That's the Spirit of God speaking to you. And you know what? There's one who will come and look and sound like it. And if it, does, if it lines up or doesn't go against the essentials of the, what I believe in the creed, I can go that way. For instance, I looked, at the, I looked at the band today. Like, you know, the girls up there dancing and Pete's over there, you know, playing. And I'm going, is there anything in the creed that says that this is wrong? No, we have the freedom to go that way. If what's taught today, is there anything that I'm gonna to say today? Because it, in, in those areas, we have uh, charity. There's the essentials that we have to watch for. Because it, if you do the essentials, it ties you to the rock, it keeps you from falling the whole way. So that's why we need to understand this. And in, in my first example, is and, and I, I offended I offended Mike McCubbin today when I showed him this picture. We're gonna look at this the uh, hello. Symmetry. It's one of the things that it brings is symmetry. Now, everyone has pretty much been to a gym at some time in your life. Okay, you, you, you go to a gym and you work out. You know, I went to the last gym I went to, <clears throat> you know, there's a like, well, where's the little workout machines and stuff like that? There's the juice bar. There's the sandwich bar. There's the color TVs. There's a, it's like, you got to worry. with Whoa, there's the people over there. Like, hey, how you doing? That's a $400 jumpsuit you're in, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, it's like we're dressing out here, you know. <laughs> they got the headphones on, reading the book, and they're moving. <clears throat> But there's always a guy. Now, this isn't to offend, but it's talking about symmetry. He's this guy that's got, okay, you know what a pear looks like, right? Think of a pear, turn it upside down, and stick two toothpicks at the bottom of it. He's the guy who forgets leg day. He's the guy who wears pants to work out in. All right. Now if that's offending anyone I'm just trying to make a point Because what the creed does The creed brings symmetry It brings symmetry to our faith You see this guy believes He's stronger than me I'm going to be 62 next week And I can knock this guy over <laughs> Because any, really any sport You know they talk about your core strength Any sport they tell you to get low Soccer, you get low. Baseball, you get low. You know, you don't bend over, you get low. Your glutes, your strength is in there. Now, all that upper stuff is pretty and it it does work, but if this is weak, and that's what the creed does. The creed is the leg day, okay? The creed makes you, the, the symmetry, if you have the symmetry you can stretch out. It's safer for you to stretch and do things that you've never done before in the faith. Because if you get too far, remember, too far, you've got a rope that catches you before you hit the rocks. Symmetry. In the symmetry. Don't skip leg day. We're gonna do a little leg day. So, <clears throat> Yeah. I remember there was, you know, there's, there's periods in your life where you learn different truths about God. And one of the things is, when I was a young man, I go, you know, God loves me. He loves me personally. He loves me as an individual. He sees me. His eyes are upon the righteous. He is watching me. I pray to him. It, it's me and God. That is great. I wish that everyone here comes into a, a place in your life that you know that you, God sees you as an individual. That's a great experience. But some people think that's the only experience. That that's the deeper experience. That that's the goal that we're all going to. And you know what, we come up with home church. I don't go to church anymore, I just stay at home. Just have worship with my kids. They're three and two, you know. We go to beach church, I've heard all of these. We do beach church, Romans 1:20. then all the creation testifies the glory, so I sit out there on my surfboard and see that sun come up, and I hear God's voice, the presence of God. That's great. I hope every one of you experienced that. But the creed says, "I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic, the universal church and the communion of saints. You're not communing with the saints. you do not believe in the church scriptures over and over again is forsake not the gathering of believers. You are to believe in the communion of saints, that we commune together, we talk, we pray, we take communion together. One is a great truth, but it's not the legwork. I want you to experience that. But that's not the whole truth. And and that's what happens when people start to believe that that's the whole truth. They even preach that this is a better way to go. You know, some people just love Jesus stories. The Jesus, you know, they love the Jesus with Peter walking on the water and you're scaring everybody. He's delivering people, of demonics. And, uh, you know, and Jesus just, you know, he just say, hey, you know, I don't like death, get up. You know, he's raising people from the, and people can tell Jesus stories, Jesus stories. And whenever you talk to them, it's all about Jesus stories. And is there anything wrong with that? No. But they could so live in that world and not realize that their Messiah is all about before the resurrection. That you're talking about this guy who did all this stuff and died. And so you see in here it says the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. He has got something to do. He is doing something now And the legwork is we not only just have this incredible Jesus back then, we have this alive Messiah that is not just doing something now, but has got something to do in the future. So our legwork is we worship a living God. Not just what he did 2,000 years ago, but a living God. And it changes our actions so many ways. Well, let's move to clarity in clarity, there's a, a ministry, R.C. Sproul, which is uh, a fantastic uh, theologian. He's out near my house, his church is Ligonier. Uh, he came up, he did a, a long study, a survey of Americans, American Christianity. This needs to, if, if you're in a small group, this, if you'd like to study this, look up this site. It's called The State of Theology. But and just a few of them, and, and this is what we're, gonna, we're, t- we're talking about. <clears throat> this is the state of the church in America today. And every one of these is addressed, I believe, by the, the creed. It says right here God the Father is more divine than Jesus Christ, He's their one, the Trinity. It says that 44% disagree. Wow. Because this affects, the Holy Spirit is a force, not a person, personal being. 21% disagree. The church is in a mess because they don't know the creed. They don't know what the apostles have been teaching. It says Jesus is fully God and has a divine nature and Jesus is fully man and has, and has a human nature. Only 60% degree. And I'm We want you to look at these things. Here's about, I want you to know that the smallest of sin, the smallest of sins deserve damnation. We need a savior. But that's not what American, Christian Americans believe. Even the smallest of sin deserves damnation. Only 18% agree. Now, let me ask you, if that's what you believe, if that's what the church believes, only 18%, what is that a license for the church to do but sin? See, what you believe about God determines, well, I'm going to let uh, Tozer help us with this one. I'm not, you know, this, this is fun, something for y'all to see in your study. It's shocking. Here's what Tozer puts it. He goes, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us? Huh. The history of of mankind will probably show that no people has ever risen above its religion, and man's spiritual history will positively demonstrate that no religion has ever been greater than its idea of God. Worship is pure, or based on the worshipper enter- entertains high or low thoughts of God. So you know what? As our God, we change who our God is from the biblical God. He's getting smaller and smaller, and says we will never. Re- rise above our idea of God that's huge reasons why I um, believe the church is losing its way it's number one, pragmatism pragmatism is the rule of the day Uh, one of the most famous pragmatists uh, quote, I have it up there He goes, pragmatic man have had no time or inclination to deal with social morality. See, pragmatism is that you, basically, it's it's a very broad thing, but pragmatism says that there is a practical approach to things. There's a practical approach to things. Well, I like using my mind. But here's, instead of a principled approach, God is principled. And so it almost goes to a Machiavellian thing like you know, the ends justifies the means. I'm sorry, no. Just because I'm experiencing God, I had this incredible experience. How did you get there? Chance? Spiritual guides? Did you neglect some of the foundational things of God? Because God works line upon line, precept upon precept how did you get there? God is principled. And how you get to some place in the Lord is important. But that seems to have gone out the door. Um, number two, well, here they are. Now let's go to number two because we're running out of time. Oh, here's a point that uh, says the creed is 100% about God. I just noticed this yesterday. I typed this in this morning. The creed is 100% about God not the believer. When anyone talks about their God experiences, here, here's how I know it's pragmatism. It's 95% about the believer. I got this, I felt this. I, there, you know what, without the creed, you're climbing a rock wall and you're experiencing new heights, but if it gets to some place and you slip because you haven't, you've not known the creed, you've not known the beliefs of the, the, the apostles, You don't realize that you're walking out of bounds and you're going higher and higher, higher, higher on a slope and you're not tethered to the rock and you fall and crash. You fall and crash. You hit the rocks below. That's what's important about the creed, that I want want us to reach and stretch in the Holy Spirit and in God and experience. You reach and you stretch. You're going, I've never seen this before. But you know what? Look back and see if you're true to the creed, if you're true to the teaching of the apostles. From the first century to this day, it is necessary to at least be safe. The misguided opinion that knowing or understanding a principle is the same as doing it. The Bible tells us that faith without deeds is... And the whole idea that we've learned something or we know something that someone else doesn't know. And we we get people who just romanticize the past. Like I said earlier in Facebook, said, oh, if we could just be like the first church, I don't want to be like the first church. I want to be like the last church. There's good things it says about the last church. This whole first church thing, it's just being romantic. We're going to be this and we're going to be that. And even in the last church it says, it is going to get dark, guys. There's blessings that are coming, but it's in a dark day. It's what's going to separate us from the rest of the world. So let me ask you this question. This, This right here, this definition... Having an idea about doing something that is far removed from normal reality, that's faith. That is faith. If you're tethered to the creed. Because if you go too far and you don't know it, actually, you know what this is the definition for? Now, this this definition does fit faith under the condition you have that foundation of orthodoxy. But this is the exact definition of fantasy. That's how scary this is. You can be thinking, you're stretching out, stretching out, I'm going to do this and God, I'm going to believe this, I'm going to where no man has gone before. That's Star Trek, isn't it? Um, but you better be tethered to the beliefs of the apostles. Because you didn't notice that the knot came undone. You see, some people think, you know, being tethered to this, to this theology, they think it's something around, a ball and chain around their ankles. No, it's not. It is a, a belay tied around a belt on your waist to keep you from hitting the rocks. And it's unfortunate when people think, oh, the rules. The rules. It's going to get you to the end. All right. It's, this speaks of community around the world. To, to this, this day, millions of believers said this. Said this creed. But it does, it's, it's so much more. It is historic. It goes back to the very beginning of the, ch- the church's foundation. It's diverse. All kinds of people, where they are socially It is multi-ethnic. They're saying this in Africa, India, the Philippines, and in America. All over the world, this is being said. And it connects us with them. Catholics are saying this. Baptists are saying this. Methodists are saying this. And there's a connection that is gigantic. It's global. Transcends denominations. Transcends uh, centuries, And you know basically what it is, is that there was a group of people in the first century that said this is the teachings of the disciples that even though you can't read, there's no written word, this is what's gonna keep us safe. This keeps us tied together. And what they did is they handed these truths off to the next generation. And that generation protected it and walked in and they handed it off to the next generation. And to guess what we're doing today, it's been handed to us and it is our job to walk this out, to walk in it, to protect the next generation. Stretch further. See what God wants us to have. Discover in him with the protection of the teachings, orthodoxy, not heterodoxy, and it is our job to hand it to the next generation. It's been entrusted to us. 2,000 years old, and now it's our job. Council. <clears throat> I really like the council part of this. Do you know if you believe it's going to affect the way you counsel others it's going to be how you counsel yourself because if you believe that Jesus Christ is, is coming back to judge the living and the dead you're going to be judged Don't, every sin committed deserves death unless you come under that covering Christianity is the only let me see what my time is thank you Lord Christianity is the only faith That hasn't set this bar Here's what we goes, I believe Here's what we have to do If any modern Islam, it doesn't matter what religion They set a bar You have to do this You have to achieve this amount of perfection You have to please your God You have to please his philosophy To even be considered so the bar's here You know what our bar is? Believe With your heart and believe that He is returning, that He sits at the right hand, and He is going to return and judge people because of sin. I don't know about you, but I not only sinned this week, unknowingly, I probably sinned this morning, probably between that chair and this podium. Some thought, some selfishness. Some didn't give. I, I walked by somebody and I said, "Hey, oh, I think it was Gabriel." I'm uh, no Freedom. I said, "Freedom." Says Gabe here. And she goes, "We walked right by you." You know, I must have only been thinking of me. <laughs> Especially if I'm talking to someone else, I can't see and think and walk and chew gum at the same time. So, <laughs> if I believe. Not no, I believe that God is coming back to judge. Does that change the way you cancel yourself? Oh, that sin's not so big. Oh, everybody does that one. <laughs> and I, I, God is probably <laughs> laughing if I get <laughs> Changes. I'm going to be judged for this stupid thing. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe he's going to judge. You know, and really, he says, I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic, the communion of saints, and the forgiveness of sins. If I believe in the forgiveness of sins, instead of me hiding from a God that I've got this high bar that I got to be perfect, he says, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. And there's only one way to do it, and that is to run to the God that forgives sins. It changes the way we counsel. Instead of downplaying somebody that you love and you know they're in sin, instead of downplaying it, oh, it's okay, it's okay, that you're crying, so you probably ask the Lord to forgive you. No, they're gonna be judged and, and all judge needs to deserve death. Here's what you're gonna do is, listen, what you need to do is go to the Father of forgiveness and ask for forgiveness. He is the God of forgiveness. It changes your counsel to yourself and counsel to others. Instead of downplaying your children's sin, You upplay a forgiving God. Oh my. It changes your life. Someone this week, someone sinned against you. Instead of cursing them, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I've got to find it within me to forgive them. You change because you're tied. You're tethered to a rock that's going to keep you from crashing on the rocks. It's, a diff- it's different than any, any other religion. Instead of trying to hit that bar, this is what I believe. Wow. So I'm going to ask you now, remember, if you say this, it doesn't mean you're a Christian. You're not going to win the lottery, and you're not going to end up marrying a beautiful wife. Well, you might, but not because you said this, okay, <laughs> or a ha- handsome husband. But what it is, it's, it's, we, the more we say this, the more we understand it, the more that we see that it, it, it is the boiled down word of God, it sends the taproot down. That no matter what storm comes by, no matter what just looks like it wants to entice you, no matter what difficulties you go through, you will remain. It might bend you over a little bit. You may lose a few branches, a whole lot of leaves. But this is what sends the taproot down regardless of a flood or a drought. You will survive. You will survive. So let me invite you to stand with me and then I'll pray. In fact, I found out in the first service that I'll just start it and then y'all keep going because all I can hear up here is my voice and some of y'all are just waiting to hear my voice. You need to hear yourself say it. So let's begin. I believe in God the Father Almighty. He descended. again <laughs> the, day, he, from the dead. he ascended into heaven. He sits the right hand of God, God Almighty, from son, the living, the of the and the Holy Catholic Church, the Communion of Saints, the of sins, the resurrection, resurrection of the body. And the life of Amen. Amen, Father. Father, we tether ourselves to your disciples' teaching. Lord, with that safety rope, if everything is going to be tested, Lord, to this teaching, that gives us the freedom to stretch spiritually, to possibly do things that we've not seen or heard or experienced but knowing that when we question it, we question it to th- your teachings. Lord, I pray for every man and woman in here to experience that safety as they get to know the teachings of the disciples, that they send down a t- taproot so deep that regardless if it goes, the weather goes dry or a st- a flood. We're not going to dry up and we're not going to wash away. Lord, thank you that we did our leg workout today. Our symmetry. You're giving us a stronger stance. We're not going to think that we're stronger than we really are because we did our leg workout today and next week and the small groups. Father, we do, we look at how great you are and not how much i want to be great lord this is about you and that affects us our thoughts of you are going to be great and that releases the lid on us as a people the greater you are and the greater we think that you are the higher we're going to be able to reach father bless your people Protect them, watch over them. In your son's mighty name, amen. Give the Lord a shout. Yeah, buddy!